Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and we have a special guest, a creative developer, a creative director of the game Bound. We have Michael Staniszewski. How are you today? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Um, Yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) The reason everyone's laughing is because everyone, if you're familiar with our show, you know I have a terrible time pronouncing certain names, and literally Michael just told me his last name and I I butchered it, so I apologize. (laughs) But uh, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm I'm just uh, I'm just back from my vacation, like two weeks of like complete cutout from from everything. It was really great. So, awesome. oh wow! I feel like everyone's got to do that now. Like before, it was someone who has to deal a lot with their company, who's part of every little bit. But now with social media being everywhere, I feel like everyone can do with just cutting off all ties and going somewhere for a week or two in isolation. Yeah, that, that, that's good. It's like when I have like my, in Europe, when you have a, like a phone with, uh, with the SIM card and you go to another country, then it's like everything gets so, so expensive and you need to like switch a, switch a SIM card or there is like in Poland, there is no uh, plan for going into a different countries in Europe and pay like a normal fee. It's just like a really, really expensive. So it's, best to just cut down your phone and and that's it i can imagine well that leads me to a first couple of questions about the game bound i personally found about out about it on the playstation store i was able to pre-order it i played it and beat it i really enjoyed the experience there are certain things that in general I'm, i'm i just have lots of questions so let's get started there um how long did this game take to develop too long <laughs> yeah, it it was too long and um because it was like an iterative process like with probably most of the games but uh, in case in case of Bound it was like 90% of the first uh, design doc was cut down. Oh, and, and 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 that's a lot. At the first it was like completely different game but what we had is what we had the basis for the story and the meaning and what we wanted to to show as a like let's say universal values in the game like the story itself so so hopefully this remained but uh, other than that like dancing like the, the design of the world it was like appearing uh, with time and um, sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad um from from this perspective like uh, a month more than month after release i think that it's uh, it's really good i i mean it's like we, we've made a lot of good things but there's some things that we haven't um let's say we were not taking into consideration how, how they will work so it was like an experiment and we 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 got our like results right now Interesting. Yeah, I see exactly what you mean. Uh, and like, how big of a team would you say is the team that worked on Bound? So for the first two years, when we were like uh, just making a pre-production and figuring out the the art style, figuring out the technology, because we are working on our own engine, and it was for uh, for people like me and three others. And and then we started to add people like the animator and like the art. Um, art section and right now there's nine people in the team okay interesting that's that's generally a small size for a a team uh what would you say is uh your favorite part of the game 
the story. Yes, and that's the thing. As I played it, I, it, the story, it's very, how do I say, like vague as you, you're, you're kind of, you don't really understand what the story is until the very end, or at least that was my experience. Um, how did you come to this idea that you wanted to make this less of a full-blown game and more of an experience that tells a story? So, so this was like planned from the very beginning, and we were doing such things like before. Uh, first, we've made um, lingering shadows. So, so before lingering shadows, we were making those tiny, small, real-time demonstrations on PC, and uh, and lingering shadows was like a very short experiment, like a thirty hour, thirty minutes game, with a very um, let's say enigmatic story that you had to interpret by yourself, but it was like too much. And then we've made um, uh, Datura, which was very enigmatic. And it was uh, the, the plan for for Datura. Uh, it was to be very very hard to interpret because we had this this kind of um, like idea that uh, there's a plot inside Datura that supposed. It, it shouldn't be shown to like to everybody. It shouldn't be discovered. So, so you would do this. Aha. This is all about that. But it was like extremely hard. And th- there was like a one person in the world that discovered it and has written an, uh, like explanation for Datura. So, so we thought that it's like, it's a good direction, but still it was like not for, <laughs> it was like too hard to interpret. And, uh, and we were thinking that, w- we will we still want to have this kind of story that is like interpretive and and the way that we we are telling the story is like not straight in your face but you need to connect the dots and and have fun from it so so basically this is like some kind of puzzle but not like a traditional puzzle when you think about like an, in a logic way but like an emotional puzzle and and this is something that i'm really happy about it because it it works really nice in in bound and we haven't thought that mm, a lot of people will not figure it out till the very end that was me <laughs> Yeah, but, but it's, it's not only you. It was, it's like majority of people that, that latent enjoyed band, uh, didn't know what's coming in the end. And we haven't planned it because we, we wanted, so, after that tour, I thought it's like, we are making the stuff too hard. So we need to make it much, much easier. And we are like putting those symbols in front of your face. Like, it's all there. And still, We've balanced it in in such a way that people got this emotional moment, this emotional kick in the end, and it was working really nice. So, so this is something that I'm 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 truly happy about. But the thing is that it will be very hard to make it again. <laughs> oh, sure, I know what you mean. In, in the next part, because the emotional kick in the end is like completely planned, but. Uh, it's it's hard to figure out another like the the universal value that you so, so inbound its family, so to pick another one, so that you will have like some kind of uh, much more experience in that topic because like every uh, like maybe not everyone has a family but let's say that uh, a lot of people has like uh, family experiences so it's uh, like easier for people to attach to it. But in terms of bound, there's like a certain amount of people, like 30%, that share 
the same emotional experiences like our character. And those people connect to the story in a very special way that we discovered in a very, very late moment of development uh, when we've made the playtest, but on almost full game. So it was it was very, very hard to discover it uh, before because we were missing elements. Like, for example, the beach was um, really bad, like it didn't work. Or, for example, the memories were not completely balanced. And when we've made the like 95% of the game and we've made playtests, we discovered that people that share life experiences with our character behaved completely different than those that didn't. And then we started to think that this is this is working. So for for those people that are, are connected, the game is really special. But we discovered it very late. So <laughs> okay. So, so yes, this is something that I'm I'm most happy about. I don't want to spoil the story, for, so uh, it's a little bit hard to talk about it. But yes. Uh, but but still. Uh, or maybe I will spoil it. So oh, feel I, I free. Will make, I, I will make the the podcast much more interesting if I, I will spoil it. Oh, okay. Great. So basically, the bounty is about like the 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 breaking of family. But what we wanted to do is not to show um, any part of like uh, a mother or father or kids um, to concentrate on them as a bad person or a person causing the the breakage of of the family. So, so the idea was to balance it in such way that people will interpret the game in their own way based on the um, order of the chapters that they do. Yes. So each of the chapters represent each person, like the family member in a bad perspective. And we discovered that the person that you see the last, you blame it. And um, it's it's because the the movies are are made in a such way. It's like the the Kulash, we call it Kulash of effect. So basically, what what you see, you're like uh, you're familiar with that because you are growing with movies. And in the movies, there is like a conclusion, some kind of uh, summary in the end. When you see um, a a person that uh, that behaves bad, then you blame that person, and the story is resolved for you. So this is something that we discovered during playtest that people were tending to blame the the person that they've seen last as bad. Okay. And it was very, it was very interesting because they couldn't agree in the end which family member was the cause of the the family break. And this was our intention. And uh, this worked for those that didn't um, share like life experiences with our character. But for those who had similar uh, like memories, like they came from the, the broken families, they acted completely differently. They blamed the person. So we we were ha- I had this feeling that they were blaming the person that in their real life they were bl- they were blaming the same person that uh, they were doing it in real life. Ah, I see. Huh. So so in the end when there was like this moment when you come to the house and there's like a father inside, uh, it was working on them in a very like um, emotional way that they actually could do something in the game 
that they could uh, they they didn't in real life because they were uh, they haven't got the courage to do that so it was working in a very like let's say therapeutic way and during the playtest people were were like showing the like they were um, writing um, the questionnaire in the end and there were like two questions the first question is like what did you do in the end and the second question is why did you do that and in this uh, second question why they were like writing their stories of their life <laughs> and it was really touching for us because it was actually working and uh, and after like game release we've seen those uh, the, the same um like the, the same actions from players well, on on Twitch and on on YouTube and it it was really great because like those people who who had this revelation it was like real catharsis <laughs> like the real one it's not like something that you you have like a good story and you you feel it that it was a good story it was not something like that it was something that actually touched you definitely oh wow i i love how you guys kind of set out to build that emotional connection with the gamers playing your game. So in general, that's just amazing. And as someone who just saw the gameplay and trailer and was like, wow, it looks visually stunning. I didn't really honestly know what to expect as far as story goes. So jumping into that game and having that outcome was quite uh, unique of an experience. But I guess my next question would be, how did dancing become such a key element to the game? As For anyone who's played, uh, you'd know that the main character uh, dances around in this very uh, visually stunning, psychedelic environment. Uh, can you talk a little about how dancing got involved in the game? Yeah, so, so dancing is, um, like, after analyzing the game, after, um, after being released, the dancing is, like, our biggest advantage and biggest disadvantage <laughs> it sure. is it's like a blade with uh, that has like two sharp sharp edges yes. so mm-hmm. so one is that because it's generated so much so much coverage for us uh, like we didn't have to go to journalists they were like reaching to us directly and for 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 indie developers it's really hard because you normally you go to those shows you stand on the, on the in the kiosks and and it's like hard to convince like journalists that your game is different from the others and in case of bound when they've seen like the dancer and they were like thinking that actually they don't remember any game at all that featured the dancer then it immediately started to grow in their head that it's like it's amazing that there is something currently that has been uh, like this discovered in games that haven't been used before but the problem is that they started to generate in their heads this this kind of um like the hype or um expectations yes that we didn't plant because like dancing in our game came very late to the development and and just because of like i said we wanted to have like a different look of the character and at first she was a runner because she was running like in the the final scene in the corridor okay so so we were thinking that she's like running and also like the speed running element was like involved into that so it was quite of working but but still it was in any way it was not interesting because it was looking uh, it looked like a any other game 
So then I, I, I was watching, like, my, my friend showed me a video that uh, had this um, contemporary dancer, which was behaving in her dance exactly like our character would behave. So it was like the emotionally... It, it was working emotionally in terms like the dance was showing her emotions. And then we also like after a couple of dancers played our games, they said that they also like used dance to get rid of their like normal problems that buzzes them around. Yeah. So 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 this was like working perfectly and but but the problem is like in terms of like mechanics, we didn't want it to plan any kind of uh, let's say advanced mechanics uh, in terms of um, like dance tree, <laughs> dance skill tree or something. <laughs> because uh, it would ruin like the, the whole story around it. It mm-hmm. would be just like very naive or, or um, childish. So it would break the story. But, uh, and And the dance is like just another aesthetic to the game that fits the the whole to, to the, like the whole world but but the problem is that people expected much more and and did this turned into like the reviewers uh, like like they were almost crying that this game doesn't bring what they were expecting and and this is what it's it's quite unfair because maybe no man's sky also was, like was hyping around too much oh, so, sure. so it's a kind of trend but um, but still we didn't plan that that the dancing will be a major part of the game and i hope that what we've did is that will uh, that someone will take this dancing uh, idea and do it like a real game because like what we do is it's much more like a not game or experimental game or experience than a regular game so maybe someone will take this idea of a dancer and will evolve it in a like a ubisoft style way interesting but 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 we didn't plan this and and it's like quite uh quite quite sad that people were having this kind of they they're used to like characters with like a huge mm, movement set and 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 that's probably something that that we didn't plan that in and and it's quite bad because we were thinking that oh that's um, that dancing element is just like part of the aesthetics and part of the story itself yeah it's more or less like part of the project the project itself seems more like an art piece so like especially since you're trying to reach out to certain people's emotions and like certain dancers like you mentioned uh they use dancing as a coping mechanism no wonder that they relate so well to this kind of game but in general i have some technical questions about the dancing and how it came into the game uh i think you mentioned earlier you guys were using an in-house game engine that's extremely impressive to begin with but did you guys utilize motion capture in order to get the the animation so uh yes okay because yes. yeah it's very convincing yeah so so um the idea uh, behind the motion capture was working like that so at first we were uh, like we are working with santa monica studio that was like that they had a huge amount of experience in uh in like platforming them like god of war and for god of war they don't uh, like before, like the, the new one, they were not using so much motion capture because it was like a fantasy style game, and they they were saying that platformers are shouldn't use the, the motion captures. 
And there, it's, it was something like, okay, so we'll not make, make, use motion capture, we'll do everything by hand. But we've, at, uh, we've reached the moment when it was very, very hard to figure out how the dancer, for example, walks on the ledge or how the dancer walks on the ladder and, and so on and we, we couldn't find that on, on YouTube <laughs> so there are things that you still have really hard to, to fi find in the internet and and then I, I I thought that we should work with the real dancers and and choreographer so we've reached to our friends from the mock-up studio and they uh, organized the uh, uh, the casting and we found like the perfect dancer like Maria is the perfect dancer for, for the game because we, we wanted to have a dancer that is very flexible and can do those flips and like gym gymnastics style movements and jumps especially because it's, it's, it's a platformer mm -hmm. in, in a way um, and then we discovered that it looks so good that um, except for those movements that were really hard for us to uh, to figure out ourselves and some dancing elements that we motion capture on the first time that we should re re mock up like every kind of movement that we have in games or also jumps also landings um like every part of the character we didn't make the role the role is hand animated because I didn't want that uh, like Maria to like break herself in <laughs> something but uh, but still uh, but still we could also do that um, the, the problem with mockup is that it, it looks really nice in terms of like visual aesthetics and we this is the, the the thing that we wanted, but when you dance and you combine the dancing with with jumping and so on, if you want to have the super fluid uh, animation, then you need to sacrifice a little bit of responsive uh, uh, responsiveness. Okay. And 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 during like the the normal platforming, the character is very responsive, but when she starts to dance, then there's like a major delay. With with the with the combinations of like dancing and and making um, a jump or dancing and making like a, another spin, uh, because we wanted to to those movements to end appropriately and not like be cut down to another like in Street Fighter for example, and this is something that uh, like cut it down a little bit of responsive uh, responsiveness and. People that are playing our game like a lot, because there are some people that like spending like hundreds of hours in Bound, <laughs> and really like them. We have the, a good contact with them because they make a tons of photos and they speed run the game. Oh, awesome. uh, they they understand those mechanics, but the the thing is that it's something quite advanced to understand in a like one and a half hour or two hours that normally takes to to beat the game. So we've, we've reached to the moment, we've reached to the, the same problem that we did with Datura. In Datura, we, we were uh, using move controller to control the virtual hand in the forest. It was like a floating hand that you can touch the trees and so on. Okay. And, and, uh, and if you know the move controller, like the Vive controllers and so on, and you've played like tons of different games, then you know how to behave with that controller. You know how to use that. 
and and move was like quite uh, it was a quite a shame that there was not too many games for it and we required from the player to learn the controls of move in one hour because like Datura is one hour long game maybe one and a half so it was super super hard for people okay and the same is in bound because we have like a very very advanced mechanics in some way but it's super hard for people to to learn them for example like combinations of roll jumps or like edge jumps and so on that these are all there but they were meant to be put in a such way that those people who just experienced the story wouldn't notice like the uh, the existence of advanced mechanics and in the end it turned in a such way that let's say not those let's say that there's like a, a spectrum of players there are like a casual players on top and super hardcore players on bottom and casual players are those like dancers art driven games that just wanted to experience the game in a very like simple way just like enjoying aesthetics mm-hmm. and in the bottom are those super hardcore speedrunners and the game is designed just to serve those on top and those on bottom and those in the middle are having problems in actually defining what's there in the game for them so they were like whining about the, the lack of mechanics and they were whining because of the lack of mechanics because they were like not good enough to discover them <laughs> and still uh, like the the uh, ex- just experiencing the game in a casual way like in a chill out way was was not enough for them so this was like the the major the major problem that that we created and the the, the biggest thing is that i've pl- i it was my idea from the very beginning <laughs> to divide those players into like this uh, this um, let's say the polars of the spectrum like the the casual and hardcore <laughs> and and right now we have like the the speedrunners that like completely discovered maybe not completely they they discovered a lot of things there's still a lot of things uh, hidden for for them but they understand completely how the system works because the the advanced system of of like the advanced mechanics of bound works in a way that there's this fear system the the fear system works in a way that there are fears that you overcome and those fears disappear from the game so based on the order how you play the game there are new paths that open in front of you oh wow and and based on those paths you can get the the game played uh, like faster and there are like 120 ways to beat the game and we don't and still still we don't know and they don't know which um, uh, which path is the fastest oh i see so uh, so, so for example if you uh, if you play the uh, the scream level like the shout level first then the monster will not scream on you on every other level uh, like on every next level that you play and because of that he will not block the paths that normally when you go into the path and he screams then he will like um, kill you let's say it's like he will kill you and you won't be able to uh, move through that through that path 
those paths are really nicely hidden so if you played it in like an experiencing in, in a very like a calm way you probably haven't found any path at all but the problem is that those players that are in the middle, they've seen those paths, but they didn't understand the fear system. So they have, they had a real problem with understanding what's going on, and they were like complaining. <laughs> but, but like I said, it was like my design decision and probably will not do it like that again in the future, but it was like a very interesting um experiment yeah um, because like those players like are arriving they're like they they are popping in they're like staying with us they understand the game which is very very good because they understand it completely and and they see like that's that's a lot of more that in the game that it's like normally shown so we were like We've hidden a lot of things in the game that it's like not visible for for like a one player. Okay, interesting. That's really cool that you it gives it a lot of replayability value for people that want to come back. Um, another Definitely. one thing I I'm curious about is what led to Bound being a PlayStation Four exclusive. I know I'm sure PC gamers would love to get their hands on it, but I'm just curious what led to that. Yeah, so so it's like like you, uh, it's exactly like you said. I think that there's a lot of PC gamers that would like the game because our main target, like those experiences and like those story-driven games, is in is on a PC. But the thing is that we are working with Santa Monica Studio, and we are working with Santa Monica Studio on our previous two titles. Okay. And and because of that, it's exclusive, and it's like the, the simplest explanation that I, I can give you. Okay. No, that makes sense. I just wasn't sure how uh, that worked, to be honest. But that it makes sense if you're working with a a a, a studio like them. They they probably call the shots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but but it's. I think that's like one of the best publishers in the world that you can you can get when being like an indie studio. It's like I I can't say that we are indie. We are indie by heart because we are doing uh, the stuff that we want to do, and they help us with that in such way that they don't uh, like change it in a way. For example, that currently market doesn't like. To, like online games, so we will not make an online game, something like that. So, so basically, mm-hmm. uh, Santa Monica is like they did a lot of good games, like Journey, uh, Flow Flower, um, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture, and I can say like a, a lot more. And these are really good games, and they um, specialize in those experimental games, and they can uh, like they can. Um, Make convince you to make it like exclusive, so um, you will have like the, uh, for example, like a lot of support. Like you will have like the, like first party, um, Sony developer. You will have your hands on the prototypes of the hardware. So Bound is coming to PlayStation VR on launch date. Oh wow! Yeah, so so it's 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 normally would be very very hard for like an indie studio, especially when you use like um, an Unreal or um, Unity engine, which which are quite optimized already. But still, if you want to do VR, you need to go to the metal, and because we have our our own engine, 
uh, then then we can do it. And like Santa Monica helps us with that because like we we got the first uh, it was called Morpheus back then prototypes, and um, and right now we are, we are going to to like hit the launch date. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of like advantages that you can get from working with Santa Monica as a publisher, but you will have to be exclusive. <laughs> you yeah. have a PC. That so this, yeah. <laughs> that that's actually one of the questions I had. I was gonna say, seeing how you guys are PlayStation exclusive, that opens the door for PlayStation VR, which is right around the corner. And you mentioned that it's coming out right on launch day. Uh what like for me, I'm thinking to myself, like I don't have a lot of uh, virtual reality experience, but I'm trying to picture your game in a virtual reality experience. Would it still be like a third person camera or would you be taking a first person view from the princess, so to speak? Uh, it's um, it's still a third person camera and I must say that it works really well. So I think that I can say that uh, like my, my new theory is that uh, thesis is that I think that most of third-person games could be ported to VR quite easily with similar camera system. But um, but thankfully we have this procedural graphics around, so it helps us with helps us with two things. First is that in VR, the uncanny valley. You know what what's uncanny valley is. It's it's the way that you. Uh, it's the way that you feel about humans versus robots. So, so basically, it's it's something like this. There's a curve that it's called the uncanny valley, and it looks like this. When you see the robot that looks like an like an industrial ro- industrial robot, you don't mm-hmm. have any feelings about it. If it's if it starts to look like a toy robot, then you like it because it's like a you have nice emotions with him. Mm-hmm. And then when it starts to look like a human, but it's like an almost human, it, it's, you feel that it has like a rubber um, rubber skin or there's something with the eye. And um, you feel that it's really, really weird or even bad and you are scared in the like uh, the the androids you you've seen, probably you've seen those like pictures of the androids made by like uh, Japanese oh yeah uh, mm-hmm. so so they they uh, look like a little bit scary but in the end when they reach to the moment when they will like work on the skin work on the behavior that you will not be able to distinguish it from like the real human then this uh, this curve of emotion will go up and you will accept it. So, so basically, in VR, the the same curve appears to everything. So, basically, the looks. If you want to make a, a game that looks like um, realistic, like it has realistic graphics, then it will be very hard to do it in VR because you will see that it's fake. You will see that like those uh, walls are made of polygons and they're not real metal okay <laughs> because the 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 like the lighting is a little bit different on them on there or there for example uh, you can see the poly count and and those things like break your immersion that you are in a, in a different world but when you make an abstract graphics then you accept it from the very beginning but because from the very beginning you know that it's unreal 
Mm-hmm. And and you have like completely different emotions about it, and that's why most of the VR games that are coming, like to Vive or Oculus, they are cartoony, or they have stylized graphics, because they are much more interesting in in VR, and you don't feel like developer wants to cheat you, so you will treat the world as real, wow. and. and this is something that we have inbound and and it works really nice but the second thing is the is the camera system so the the except for the like the uncanny valley with with um, with graphics uh, in vr the second biggest problem is of course like walking and moving in in a virtual space so it works like this the 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 thing that makes you vomit <laughs> when <laughs> Like when when you move uh, in a car, for example, or in a bus, train, ship, uh, it's because your your body doesn't correspond to what you are seeing. So, for example, if you're driving in a bus and you're reading a book, you can just see the book, but your body feels that there is some kind of force that moves you forward, and th- this doesn't correlate to normal like when you walk on the <laughs> on the street or for example like that and and this can make you sick it's like no- nausea yeah and think about this in a way that you're flying in a plane uh, when you're starting like wh- when there's a uh, launch then you can feel the acceleration on your body and then when the 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 plane goes up and it just like mo- flies in a constant velocity then you can move around and you just like feel the normal gravity pushing you down so basically your body just feels the acceleration it doesn't feel the velocity and for example like the the earth is like rotating around the sun and the sun is part of our uh, our galaxy and the galaxy is part of universe so basically we don't know how fast they are moving and so we are in a constant motion but we can't feel it we just feel the difference of velocity so the acceleration and in every game that you will play and you can feel uh, the acceleration it will make you feel bad in VR. I can imagine. So, so this is the, like one of the biggest issues and problems that needs to be solved in order to VR to move forward. And what we are doing is that we are completely removing the acceleration from the camera. So we have just like a static camera. But you can change the position of the camera around the character so you can move uh, around it like left and right you can move it closer or um, or in distant from the character so you have like a free uh, free movement around it okay but uh, but it 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 doesn't feel any uh, like it doesn't generate any nausea at all and it was like one of our biggest tasks to make a camera system that you can play uh, our game, for example, like six hours or seven hours, and and you will not get sick, and it works. Um, but but the funny thing is that uh, in VR, bound is like twice longer as is in normal mode. So we've made the playtest, and it like takes like four or five hours to beat the game, and it's like mostly because of, of natural movement that you are like trying to like you walk around you are seeing stuff like staring around 
and it's like it's a normal emotion in the game so it takes time and you lose the, the because you have helmet on your head then you lose the ability to feel the time how it's moving so for example you like get your helmet off and there's like on already sunset <laughs> so 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 the, those two things like cause that uh, you will st- spend more time inbound in, in VR which was like an interesting uh, for us like interesting discovery and i think that's that, that that's a, a really good game in terms that on launch it will be an actual game because you will have a lot of titles that will be just uh, like little chapters or experiences exactly it's like yeah just like uh, someone would give you a candy, but you will see this jar of candies, but someone <laughs> just give you one. And, and, and Bound uh, will be an actual game. So, so this is something like to, toward, toward experiencing, especially when you have bo- uh, bought the game, then the update will be, will be completely for free and it will be available on, on the launch date. Wow, and that's also got to be interesting as just like a game development uh, company, like to see you have a launch date, but then the fact that it's coming out, not again, but like it, it's coming out on VR, so you get like a sort of a second surge of popularity. Exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's something that we are um, already waiting for, like for, for the second launch of the game. But uh, But the thing is that we still are like figuring out how to... Um, maybe not not to use the word market the game, but to 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 show it, like to to explain it how it works. Because the thing with the camera is that it is completely uh, unintuitive when you look it from the uh, from the outside. If you have the helmet on and you like feel the camera, then it's like super perfect and uh, doesn't feel, cause nausea and you can go in. But when you look on the like on the social screen, or for example, if we make the the trailer for VR trailer, then it's really really hard. Wow. <laughs> because from the outside it looks really jarring and weird. Um, if you will check my my Twitter. Today mm-hmm. I've I've uh, I've posted a, a movie with the like with the camera system in the memory sequences when you have the first person perspective movement. So first person perspective movement works in a way that you have those blinks like blink 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 and you can move forward blink 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 and you can rotate around you can work anywhere but you don't move in a constant motion like in every first person perspective game you just blink. Like in those old RPG games, like on Atari or Amiga, like mm-hmm. bling, 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 bling. So, so basically, what we have here is that you have the ability to go in VR in an arbitrary way, which is like a holy grail. But and it's like comfortable in VR, but still, it's like a flashes in your in your in front of your eyes. So, uh, from the perspective of someone that it's uh, like outside of the game like looking at the social screen it's really really like jarring and doesn't understand it so so the thing is that what we are going to do right now is to try to explain how the camera system works and hopefully people will trust us that in vr it works and um, like when you look at from from the 2d perspective it's like completely unintuitive <laughs> 
because it's like a completely different system. And if VR will like evolve, it will, we will see a lot of more of those unintuitive stuff. Yeah, wow, it's interesting. I never would have known that such problems like this existed. So it's interesting seeing how uh, developers are tackling them as the the new medium develops. And and that's why there's a lot of buzz around VR because uh, developers love VR because they're so easy to find and discover new stuff. So they're so easy to like put another brick in this like building of human evolution, <laughs> let's say like that. So you can put this actual brick because it's in your reach. You just need to buy the dev kit, which is not so super expensive, and start to code. And, and that's why VR is super, um, like, uh, I just want to it's, uh, it's, developers Innovative. like it. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the developers uh, love it, and they tweet about it, and um, and that's it. But we don't know if people will actually like it. And and this is something that we'll discover throughout this like holiday season. I think that after this holiday holiday season, we will know what's the current state of VR, like how this second generation of VR will adapt. Definitely. That makes sense. Um, Brent, do you have any questions? I'll let you ask some. I feel like I've been stealing the show. Oh, no problems. Um, I was wondering, you spoke a bit earlier about the demo scene and how you guys are definitely involved with that. This, honestly, is the first time I've ever heard of it. I, I was wondering if you could elaborate a little on what that necessarily is for anyone who might not know, like myself or listeners. So, so the demo team is like currently it's a society of digital artists, but it it has a long history and has a really nice history because it was like evolving in time and it was like touching the development of the the computers from the moment when they reached the homes, and it started from. Mm, from the moment when they were uh, so the most scene was like always connected to games from the very beginning because the first most produ- productions were the crack draws. the crack draws are like the, those tiny small programs that were like uh, played before the game when it was cracked so like a, like a pirate when he was cracking the game he put the small program in front of the program just to show that he did it. So let's say it's like, I cracked the game, it was me. But in time, those characters started to be more more advanced. There was like other colors added, like the, the text was not static, but it started to move. There was like music added and additional effects. At time, those uh, those factors became intros and, and then they, they got separated from the game and they started to be like an, uh, completely separate pieces of code and that was not actually connected to games. And, and the demo scene uh, started to evolve from that moment. So people were starting to do those intros and they were starting, starting to show it in a competitions just to show the, uh, the programming skills. So, for example, on Amiga, I can display 1,024 dots. 
or, or on Atari, I can display five balls in five colors, for example. So um, those t tiny elements were like starting to, to to show more and more. There was like the uh, the most in gathering that like was for five thousand people, and uh, the competitions were really big, and you can actually see the difference of uh, like quality of programmers so it was some kind of like sport event uh, but in time like when the hardware got more and more complicated it was harder to distinguish who is better and um, the, 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 the intros became demos which were like a bigger uh, intros like it was like megabytes and not kilobytes and they were starting to show a little bit more than just effects. So they were starting to show a, some kind of form of art. There was some kind of, let's say, poetry coming in. The the images that were shown was not uh, like the very trivial, but they were like mm, more and more advanced, trying to have some kind of content content expect for, except for the form. And I think that uh, like 1999. It's a point when we can say that the most scene become like the fully fledged like the art society, like digital art society. And this is the moment when we started to do actual things on the demo scene. It was nineteen ninety-seven. And uh, like first we've made like simple animations on Amiga. Then I started to program and we've made like the first demonstrations on PC. Um and we were like getting more and more um, popular with that, we're like winning competitions, and then Sony contacted us because of that. Because we're at some point we we're quite popular on the demo scene because we were like doing some quality stuff. And I still like try to outreach the demo scene, like for you, for example. So because the demo scene is still alive and they were uh, evolving, and right now uh, it's. A little bit different because right now the the popular thing is the real-time coding so for example there are people on the stage like when you have on esports and they are coding in real time and you can see effects popping in and there is like a, a public voting on who is better and so on so so this this is something that still evolves and a lot of game developers are taking from the demo scene like the the effects like the the general like the art style and a lot of things oh, oh wow yeah i had no idea <laughs> about it was any like of that. A, one stream of of talking i don't know <laughs> 5 minutes or so very uh informative though i didn't know anything about that yeah you need to check it out so, so the best uh, the best way to like to read the most scene is like www.sceneorg is the simplest way like like the scene org Okay. And, and the other, like the active societies on Poet, so it's like www.pouet.net, okay. and, and and there's there's like a regular database of all productions that have been gathered. The the thing about the demo scene is because I was like thinking a lot about it like two years ago, that this is the most, the best archived art. Um, society in the world so during the last 30 or 35 years 
all the productions were were gathered on uh, like on one place. It's mirrored around the world uh, because those productions were free. They, they, there are no licensing product, uh, problems around it. So, so basically, um, because the like the demo scene spirit was about to making everything for free, so you could share it, like spread it on on the discs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it it has like the Creative Commons license from the very very beginning. They could be like gathered in one place and and put and collected, and and right now if you want to like see those, then you just go to Steam.org. And for example, with games, you have still those like abandonware or licensing problems. Like nobody knows where the license is. Nobody knows if you could put it like the the image of the of the game on a server or not. So. So Demosthenes is out of these problems, and um, and I think it's like as for the art, digital art society, it's like the best. It's in preserved in the best way. So I believe that like one in one hundred years, the Demosthenes for sure will be like written in a in a art history books that in terms of digital art, the Demosthenes was there and the productions are there. They could be like put in museums or or so because they were like available for everyone from the very beginning. So 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 that's good. It's like the the other art societies have still problems with that. Interesting. Yeah, that's great that they're able to you know go beyond past that and just keep it just for the art instead of you know the litigation. Mm -hmm. that so many have. Definitely. Um, well, we really can't thank you enough for joining us today, Michael. Uh, do you want to plug uh, Plastic's uh, Twitter handle or maybe just Bound Game uh, when it's launching on VR and all that stuff? Um, yeah, so, so the, the, the Twitter for, for Plastic is at uh, PlasticDemo, like because of the demo scene, so Plastic Demo written together. And um, yeah, so, so that's it. That, that. And as for, for VR, yeah, we are coming on uh, VR. Uh, on launch date, and we will still have some additional announcements. So, so the game is like still supported. It's uh, we have some some additional stuff coming. As for like the, the photo mode, which was like uh, superbly uh, like adapted by our our gamers, and and we are like thinking about it how to how to make it better, and we'll announce this after PSVR. Oh, very exciting. And oh, I almost forgot to ask you, this is a question I ask most of our game developers we had on the show, but do you have any advice for aspiring game developers? <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a hard one. <laughs> it's a hard one because it's like, um, I, I was asked this question a couple of times already, and in time I'm, I'm changing my attitude towards it. <laughs> because uh, like, at some point, I was telling that you need to like evolve your own technology to understand how the other engines work from inside, okay. which is of course like true. But and and also, I can easily say that you can develop your own engine in, for example, like half a year. But for this moment, I can say that you can do it in a half a year. But you need to have like a very very experienced team to do it. And uh, if you are starting, 
I think that you probably need to go with the with the tools that are like widely accessible. But the thing is that when you get to those tools, then you probably will get constrained in time because of the t- uh, tools limitations. And I, I can like read all around about the Unity stuff that they are having problems with some things that it's not supported or it's coming in the next release or because there's like thousands of versions they need to stick to one and and, and so on so um, there are those limitations and also you don't have this kind of digging into the rendering pipeline directly so you could do stuff for, for example like bound couldn't be done on unreal or unity in such frame rate so basically it could be done but it would be slow but for aspiring game developers what I can say for now, so like despite the technology and so on, I think that they need to try to think out of the box of games. So you want to make a game and you've played the games for like the whole your life. It's like the everything starts like that. I was playing games till I was like three or five or whatever. But it's not enough. So basically what you need to do is like reach out from this box of games that you played and look around the other forms of like digital art around you. So not only digital art, but art, real world, take inspirations from outside of the games. Because only uh, based on that you will be able to do something that is unique and different. And you need to, you want to do something that is unique and different to gain the coverage of your game. Because right now there is like 200 games coming each day and it's really, really hard to appear. Definitely. Wow. That was solid advice. And I, I, I like the fact that you admitted that your answer changed over time because that's honestly why I asked so many different developers the same question because their answers vary so widely. But thanks so much for joining us. It's been a real blast. Uh, Brent, do you want to plug your Twitter? Uh, sure. My Twitter account is abtsbrendan. And if you like our show, please give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle is ABT Silence. Uh, we're on iTunes. Give us a subscribe if you don't uh, subscribe already and tell some friends. But, uh, Michael, like I said, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we really hope you get a lot of new uh, people to the game on the launch of VR, and we hope to stay in touch. Okay, thank you. It was, it was really nice to talk with you. You too. All right, take care. See you. Bye-bye.